Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Kate Fakaronga mai koe ki to tato ao hori hori ki tareo erarangi o Aotearoa. You're with Our Changing World on RNZ National, and now, for the last few years on Summer Science, we've been featuring some original podcasts produced by University of Otago students as part of their master's degrees in science communication. First up in our new series from the class of 2016, Amy Smith is thinking about genetic modification. Did you know that carrots used to be purple? The modern-day carrot is a mutant, but this isn't anything to be worried about. Three hundred years ago, the orange-coloured mutation was cultivated by crossing two different types of carrot of different colour. People have been modifying the genomes of plants and animals for thousands of years through traditional breeding techniques, also known as artificial selection. Breeding together two animals or plants with desirable traits has given us most of the fresh produce we consume, such as sweet corn or corn on the cob, broccoli, carrots, strawberries, oranges, apples, cabbage, onions, cauliflower, and so much more. You want a plant crop with a high yield? Breed together the crops that produce the largest harvest. The hundreds of distinct breeds of dogs are also a result of artificial selection. Dogs that expressed favourable traits were bred together and eventually new breeds were developed. However, this process can take many generations to successfully and consistently express a particular trait. But what if we could do it quicker? What if we could introduce a pest-resistance gene in just a single generation? This is what genetic engineering allows us to do. Genes from a totally unrelated species can be isolated and transferred into the genome of the target species. All of our food is genetically modified in some way. So where do we draw the line? Simply because we can do it in a lab does not mean it should be ruled out as an option. There are so many applications for genetic modification. Perhaps the most obvious is agriculture. By modifying plant genomes, we can increase crop yield, increase pest resistance so fewer pesticides have to be applied to the crops, or even increasing drought resistance so crops can better survive adverse climate change. There are also less obvious applications. Methane is the second most prevalent anthropogenic greenhouse gas in our atmosphere, the second largest producer of which is cattle. A ruminant's food is partly broken down by the bacteria in their gut, several of which produce methane as a byproduct. We can now genetically alter the cow's microflora so they produce less methane while still being able to break down the food giving us clean, green, environmentally friendly cows. There are a number of concerns regarding the use of GMOs, and understandably so. By taking genes from one organism and transferring them into another, can we be sure that only the target gene has been transferred? The short answer is no. But, and this is an important but, there are tests 
that any product that contains a GMO must undergo before it's being sold to the consumer. Let me give you an example. About 20 years ago now, someone came up with the idea to increase the nutritional value of soybeans. Overall, they are quite nutritious, but they do lack some important proteins. So, they decided to introduce a gene that coded for the production of an albumin protein sourced from the Brazil nut into the genome of a soybean. Since the Brazil nut is known as an allergenic food, one of the main concerns was that an allergen may also be transferred in the albumin gene. This was tested as, as it turns out, the allergen was carried across to the soybean, so this GM soy never made it to the consumer. In Zealand, the laws controlling genetic modification are pretty strict, and there is no fresh produce that originates from within New Zealand that is genetically modified. Also, the only genetic modification being carried out in New Zealand is taking place in research labs. The Hazardous Substances and New Organisms Act regulates the research and release of genetically modified organisms to protect the environment and our health. Releasing a new organism into New Zealand without approval could land you in serious trouble. For example, a school imported a bacterial transformation kit from company BioRad for an in-class experiment. A gene from a jellyfish was inserted into the genome of E. coli cells, and as a result, a new organism was formed, in breach of the Hazardous Substances and New Organisms Act. But the best way we can understand how genes work is to modify them. The term modify is used pretty broadly. It can simply mean that a gene has a single change in its sequence which inactivates it or breaks it, rather than the transfer of entire genes between species. By inactivating a particular gene, researchers can then examine the physiology of the organism to see what that gene controlled. This is usually carried out on bacterial cells such as E. coli. CRISPR gene technology is a really exciting field of study, with fantastic new applications being discovered all the time. I went and spoke with two researchers from the Department of Microbiology at the University of Otago who are studying the biological role of the CRISPR system in bacteria. Uh, my name's Dr Rob Fakeland. I'm a postdoc, and um, for my research I'm studying the CRISPR-Cas system in Pectobacterium. So I'm interested in adaptation, where the, how the uh, cell can take the piece of DNA and put it into its own genome. If a bacterium is invaded by a virus much like when we come down with the cold. What the CRISPR-Cas system allows the bacterium to do is to take a snippet of the invading DNA and incorporate it into its own genome. This allows the bacterium to remember the invading DNA and an immune response can be triggered. CRISPR-Cas modules are adaptive immunity systems and are present in many bacteria. This process is called adaptation. Yeah, so the CRISPR-Cas systems are actually broken down to at least six types. It is the CRISPR-Cas9 system that has recently become well-known for its applications in gene editing. Uh, we're working on a type 1 type, and that is broken down to different subtypes. Uh, we're working on the 1F system. CRISPR-Cas systems are grouped based on the structure of the Cas protein. Yeah, CRISPR-Cas is a two-component system. You've got the, the proteins and you've got the the array. Cas are the proteins and CRISPR is the array. That's Simon Jackson. He's also a postdoc here at the University of Otago. Did you tell me what the acronym for CRISPR is? No. No? <laughs> okay, so I believe the CRISPR acronym was coined in 2002 and it stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats and then Cas comes from CRISPR Associated Proteins. 
So we have the CRISPR-Cas system. The, the advantage and the beauty of the Cas9 editing system is its simplicity. It has one protein and one RNA component. So by tailoring the RNA component, you can target exactly what it is that you want to target. So now we know a little bit about the biological role of the CRISPR system in a bacterium, we can take a look at some of these amazing applications. The United States takes a much more relaxed approach to genetic modification than New Zealand. This has allowed for the sale of do-it-yourself CRISPR genome editing kits that you can complete right from the comfort of your kitchen. Do-it-yourself science kits are a fantastic tool for entertaining the kids on a Sunday afternoon. Well, it's certainly uh, a novel concept, which I don't think would ever pass legislation in New Zealand. Um, potentially could, could be quite dangerous if somebody decided to do something untoward with it. Um, we don't know how these CRISPR-Cas systems will behave in nature. How they will actually behave if they get out into the wild is totally unknown because we know nothing about how these systems will actually evolve once they're, once they're in eukaryotes. Just this year, researchers have eliminated HIV-1 genome from human T lymphoid cells using CRISPR. This is an incredible step towards finding an effective cure for HIV. CRISPR gene editing has huge potential for medical applications. Genetic diseases previously without cures could be fixed using the gene editing technology. On the other hand, Chinese scientists have reported to have edited the genomes of human embryos, a world first. This study sparked huge debate about the efficacy of their practice. The technology is in its infancy and still needs much work, but it has marvellous potential for good. So, just like Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. That Science Communication podcast was produced by Amy Smith, and she was talking to Robert Fagerland and Simon Jackson, who are both postdoctoral fellows in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at the University of Otago. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ underscore science. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.